Well, who is in control of events? Who is in control of the nations? Who has held the oceans in his hand? Who has numbered every grain of sand? Who is in control of events at the moment? The Bible is very clear, and uh, our faith tells us very confidently and certainly that God is not in partial control of events, but in full control of events. We might have many questions, but in the end, we'll have to put, as Job did, our hand over our mouths and repent of our questions. God is in full control. And right now, he's working out his awesome, eternal purposes. We do find that uh, God speaks to us as individuals through circumstances that we go through. How much we're kept from, how much we are shaped and directed through the circumstances that God brings our way. David says in Psalm 16, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Now he knew times of difficulty, certainly he did, but by and large, uh, he could say that in Psalm 16, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. But at times, those boundary lines fall in difficult places and unpleasant circumstances. And I don't know how we would respond to an invasion of our na uh, nation. But we are watching now. And it's so close to us. It's as if we're there. And to see these events, God often speaks to us as individuals through circumstances and difficulties that come our way. Perhaps you can think in your own life how God spoke to you through an illness that you went through. Maybe it was the death of a friend or a, a relative. Maybe God spoke to you through circumstances of difficult finances that suddenly came your way. Maybe it was the breakup of a relationship that you were counting on so very much. And God was speaking to you. Now, God has got clear aims. If you're not a believer and you're going through times of difficulty and there are fears and problems, then God is calling you to repent. God is urging you there is a greater difficulty ahead that you cannot imagine. And God is shaking the cage of your life and saying, think, think, this world is not all that there is. There's more to life than this. Your health, your wealth, your relationships, there is more to life than this. Remember the occasion in Luke chapter 13 where Jesus is in Jerusalem and some people come to him and say, hey, have you heard about, this is what people were talking about in Jerusalem, uh, the Galileans who were slaughtered as they were offering sacrifices and Pilate ordered them to be uh, slaughtered and mixed uh, their own blood with the blood of their sacrifices. And uh, Jesus says, do you think they were worse sinners than anybody else because they suffered in this way? I tell you, no, they weren't. For unless you repent, you also will will perish. And, and then Jesus picks up a topic of conversation. There'd been a building disaster. What about those 18 who died when the Tower of Siloam uh, fell upon them? Do you think they were worse than anybody else? I tell you, no. But unless you repent, you too 
will also perish. So Jesus is taking difficulties that happen and telling the people and telling you and I this morning to, to learn from them. There's a greater disaster than the pilots. There's a greater disaster than Putin. There's a greater disaster than earthly wars. There is something to be avoided at all costs. And unless you repent, you will perish. And it's God's desire that none should perish, but all should come to repentance. And that repentance leads to life. Life. Eternal life. So that's God's aim for the unbeliever. When an individual is going through difficulties, well, what about believers? I am a believer. I've trusted in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm going through times of difficulty. Uh, what is God doing? I'm a saved sinner. I have much yet to learn. I read my Bible. I say my prayers. I hear preaching. And through these things, God, by His Spirit, shapes and leads and guides. But from time to time, He'll lead me through times of, of difficulty and disappointment. What am I to learn? That God is my all in all. That Jesus Christ needs to be my sole focus. I can't rely on things or possessions or money or bank accounts. I dare not trust the sweetest frame says the hymn writer. But. Now am I, you know the hymn. There's somebody starting to quote it there. Holy lean on Jesus' name. What are you standing on this morning, believer? See, when difficulties come, it shows where we're standing. On Christ. The solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. So believer, when we go through difficulties, the Lord is looking to refine that we might learn, that we might grow. So to the believer and the unbeliever, this side of our personal death, whatever events happen in our lives, are gracious warnings from a gracious God who desires that none should perish. In more recent times, for the first time in the earth's history, God has been speaking not just to particular individuals, but it's quite clear that God has been giving a clarion call to the whole world. God's speaking to the whole world at the same time. And this is possible because now we have uh, mass media and wars, the news of which would have taken many days or weeks, or perhaps we would never have heard about them. We hear about it in an instant. You turn on your social media, and there are many types and forms. You turn on news. I was just amazed last night to see, well, he was reading the six o'clock news last week, and then we crossed, I've forgotten the guy's name, but I, Clive Myrie. Where's he? In Kiev. And giving us a report. He said, I'm in the bomb shelter at the moment. We've been told to get into the bomb shelters. And there's Clive Myrie reporting from Kiev. And things which we would never have heard about. Now it's instant and it's global. And the eyes of the world are looking on situations. I'm saying God has done this several times in recent history. 
shaking the whole world. What do we learn? Sinner, you need to repent. There's a greater disaster than 9-11. At your death or at Christ's return, you meet God as your judge and how will you fare on that day? Repent and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. But 9-11, well, that, uh, that was a terrorist uh, action and we, 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 we dealt with it in our own uh, wise ways and uh, the forces of different nations got together and we, we got the, the culprit and that has passed as it. And then came the tsunamis. And I hadn't heard of things like that. And the whole world is observing and God is calling the world to take notice. And we think, well, that's, there's a natural disaster. And God is saying to the believer, repent. And He's saying to the believer, keep your focus clear. But now we're clever people. We've got tsunami warning systems around the world and we are a little bit more comfortable with those things. Climate change, that insidious, slow movement. Nice to have a calm day today. I was wondering recently when the wind was going to drop and the storms that come in in quick succession and the floods that are coming, climate change. But cleverly, we build our flood defences and uh, carbon reduction and we'll throw more and more money at the situation. But God is speaking, if only we would listen. And then two years ago, who'd have thought a global pandemic? I thought these were science fiction things. Have you ever lived through a pandemic before? No, the last one, I think, was uh, 1919. Anybody around in 1919? I'm looking carefully. I think you'd have to, well, you have to be 102. Anybody? No, I don't think I can see anybody of that sort of... But it happened two years ago. And that sudden shock, Boris Johnson, stay home. Don't mix. Don't visit. Don't go out. One walk a day. But of course, we've, uh, we've overcome that now, haven't we? God is speaking. If you're an unbeliever, repent. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a greater disaster coming. But we got our vaccinations and we're emerging from the pandemic. So now comes war. Staggering. Who thought this could possibly happen in Europe again? A friend of mine was uh, talking to me about three or four weeks ago. Maybe it's a month. He's dropping off some young people at our home for a YPF meeting. And he said, oh, what do you think about what's happening with... Uh, this Omicron wave and, uh, and, 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 and Boris Johnson and, and, and Partygate. What do you think about these things? And I said at the time, these things will be as nothing if what's building up on the Ukraine border actually transpires. Not thinking that it would. And now, not since 1939 have we known such times in Europe. Anybody remember 1939? Looking around again. You're going to have to be um, 83. Well, I won't get personal. One or two of you look it. But, um, <laughs> but you wouldn't remember the events. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? NATO? European Union? Joe Biden, 
Sanctions, sanctions, that's the, that's the, uh, the, the hope. Are we going to use the, the military? What are we going to do? And the nations are perplexed. And into this situation, God's speaking to the world. God is in control. It's not Putin. It's not Biden. It's not Johnson. We do pray for them. We must pray for them. And they need, oh, how they need wisdom. But God is in full control. And so Psalm 46 shows us who is in control. Even though the nations might be raging. There are scenes here of utter chaos. The mountains being removed and thrown into the midst of the sea. You've been to North Wales. Have you seen Cadder Idris? It's pretty close to the coast. Maybe you're walking by or driving by and suddenly Cadder Idris is lifted up and hurled into the sea by uh, Aberystwyth there and uh, Dolgethlai. And there's a great tidal wave. What would you think? Horrific uh, scenes. But even if that were to happen... God in full control. God is our refuge and strength and ever-present help in time of trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. The nations raged, verse 6. The kingdoms were moved. Boundaries are being redrawn. He, God, utters his voice and the earth melted. God, in verse 10 here, I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Why are these things happening? What is the purpose of God? Well, we thought about the mysteries of providence, certainly the hymn that we, we sang. There are certain things that we cannot say because they're not revealed to us. I, I love Deuteronomy 29, 29. It puts me in my place. Let me remind you of what Deuteronomy 29, 29 says. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but those things which are revealed belong to us and our children forever, that we may do all the words of this law. Well, what are the things that have been revealed? Here they are. It's called the Bible. Read it. Know it. God is speaking. God is revealing. God is showing. God is teaching. And primarily he's saying, hey, there is a big problem with your heart. There's a big problem with the world. Why the disasters? Why the problems? Why the wars? Why the, the chaos? Sin is at the heart of it. You were made to know God. But you've gone your own way. God should have your heart. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. Love your neighbour as yourself. It's a great law. The Ten Commandments are wonderful. Don't steal, don't lie, don't commit adultery, don't murder, don't desire other people's possessions. You say, that's a great law. The problem is I can't keep it because I love myself too much. Well, because of sin, a holy God is judging sin and the wages of sin. If I want what I deserve, it's death. The wages of sin is death, spiritual death. I wonder if there is a God and what is he like if he is there? Physical death, we all die. We're all, every one of us on a conveyor belt that's going in one certain direction. It never, ever slows down or stops. The only time time seems to stand still for me 
is when Burnley are winning 1-0 and there's five minutes of extra time. And I'm thinking time has stood still. It tends to speed up if we're losing 1-0 and there's five minutes left. Where did that time go? But generally, no, it's only my perception. One direction, constantly, and eventually I fall off the end of the conveyor belt and I'm launched into, not nothingness, but eternity. Forever. And forever is a long, long time. And as I launch off the end of the conveyor belt, and here's one thing, we, we don't know how long our conveyor belts are. Some it's very short. The youngest person I did a funeral for was um, six months old. The oldest was 103. I'm doing one a week tomorrow for a boy 24. In the picture of health on the Thursday... Died on the Friday. Buried a week tomorrow. Then we face God. Assessment of my life. If sin is there, I can't go home to heaven. Heaven is pure. Heaven is perfect. Heaven is glorious. Heaven is God's house, my Father's house. There are many mansion says Jesus to be there I need a righteousness equal to, to God's and I haven't got it my religion won't help me morality certainly doesn't help me who can help me Jesus Jesus none but Jesus can do helpless sinners good who is Jesus it's God the son second person of the one triune God one God three persons not three gods one divine being three persons revealed father son Holy Spirit who is Jesus second person of the one triune God who 2,000 years ago to help you and me in his mercy his love his pity he comes to this planet he takes a human body like yours and mine takes a human nature like yours and mine but no sin in his human nature doesn't stop being God and now we have another mystery. Jesus Christ, one person, two natures. Fully God, fully man. He's not a half and a half. He's not a blend of the two. But in a wonderful union, one person, two natures. He's come to deal with my sin. Religion won't do it. Morality won't do it. My sin would sink me to hell. But God desires that none should perish. So he sends his son. The son willingly comes. The Holy Spirit says, I gladly apply the work of Jesus to the hearts and lives of countless millions of people. And Jesus lives a perfect life. He does it for you because you can't do it. And then he dies the death that you deserve. He's my representative. Calvary, where God the Father pours on his own son the wrath that you and I deserve. Calvary, in the economics of God, is the equivalent to eternal hell for countless millions of people packed into those hours on the cross. He dies that I might be forgiven. He dies to make me good. That I might go at last to heaven, saved by going to church, singing hymns, saying prayers, being moral, doing the right thing. Certainly not. You know the hymn? Saved by his precious blood. 
Why are these things happening? Listen, my friend, if you're not yet a believer, what's God's purpose? God is shaking the whole world and we're looking on. Learn the lesson. What more can God do? He's giving you his word. He's changing circumstances. He's rattling the whole world. There's a judgment to come. If you face God as a sinner outside of Christ, then there is an alternative to heaven. It's called hell. And it goes on forever and ever and ever. And I tell you, Jesus Christ, every time he spoke about heaven, he spoke seven times about hell. Why? It's a warning. At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he's coming to a great climax. The Sermon on the Mount begins with his um, close disciples. He calls them up the mountainside. He sits down, he teaches them. But clearly by the end, the crowds are coming up the mountainside because he, we're told in uh, Matthew 7, he lifts up his voice and addresses the crowd. And he cries out to them, enter through the narrow gates. For broad is the gate and wide is the road that leads to destruction and many enter through it. But narrow the gate, narrow the road that leads to life and only a few find it. Have you found that gate yet that leads to life? It's Jesus Christ. It's Jesus Christ. His person, his life, his death, his resurrection. You repent of what you are. You repent of what you do. And you turn to Jesus Christ. I turn from, I turn to and I trust in Jesus and his finished work. My sins are forgiven. He paid for them. and given his clean life. And I come to know God here and now. A foretaste of heaven divine. And I know that when my conveyor belt ends and I drop off the end, I'm safe in his arms. Hiding in thee. Throughout the circumstances of life. Hiding in thee at my death. Hiding in thee on the day of Christ. The greater size. Heaven and hell, no judgment for me because it fell on Jesus 2,000 years ago. Oh, why is God allowing these things? These are gracious warnings from a gracious heavenly Father. So this morning I'd say to you sitting at home in, in comfort or watching later on on a recording, but particularly for us here in the building, are you saved? And if not, why ever not? And if you're not saved, my friend, right now, get saved. Be saved. Trust in the finished work. It happened 2,000 years ago. The finished work of the Son of God, the God-man, Fully God, fully man, Jesus Christ who came to rescue you from that judgment to come. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. But for most of us here, I trust we are believers. And what are we to learn from the current crisis and situation? What about those sitting in Ukraine? I saw a picture last Sunday before the uh, great event happened. A church prayer meeting in the snow outside. They couldn't get into their building, so people were kneeling and standing in the snow. Will you be here this Wednesday? Is it too much to ask that we pray? Do we want direction from our Heavenly Father? Say, well, I, I, I pray at home. Very, very good. 
The Bible speaks much of corporate prayer. And God speaks not only to individuals, but to churches. He'll speak to us as we gather together, speaking to us this morning as individuals, but also as a church. By His grace, He'll speak to us tonight as individuals and as a church. He'll speak to us on Wednesday. And uh, you did say, Paul, it's Nathan Monday this Wednesday, isn't it, at the Bible study, and then we'll have time to pray together. Well, we need to gather. We need to draw close. What's our response as believers? Can you say this? God is our refuge and strength, a very pleasant, present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear, even though the earth be removed, though the mountains be carried to the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. God is our refuge and strength. Again, it's not the leaders of the nations who are our refuge and strength. It's not NATO that's our refuge and strength. Although we must and we do pray for the leaders of the nations for wisdom, our trust is not ultimately there, but in God, the omnipotent, the omniscient, the omnipresent, the kind, the strong, the gracious, great I am. And He is our refuge and our strength. Oh, safe to the rock that is higher than I. One translation puts it this way, and it could be translated, God is our bomb shelter. Remember when we lived in London, we'd uh, been married fairly recently. We had a we bought a, a two-bedroom flat eventually in, in London. In the back garden was something called an Anderson shelter, a throwback from World War II. Some folks nodding their heads, Anderson shelters. And if the siren went off, you got out of your house, you went into this, dug slightly down into the earth and earth around it and the corrugated sheets and then more sods of earth over the top. And when the, so you got into your Anderson shelter, I was thinking... Recently, if there was a siren, here we are at Pildee Farm in, in St. Melons, where would we go? The understairs cupboard seems to be the best place. In Ukraine now, they're meeting in the subways. And there was, a, again, social media makes things so real to us. Hymn singing in the underground railway system. Believers shining for the Lord Jesus Christ hiding in thee. God is our bomb shelter. And he's a very present help. Not just that he's present, but he's present as a, as a help. Oh, the presence of God. Listen, time has uh, rapidly gone. There's much more that could be said, but you get the flow of what God is saying to us. If you're not saved, get saved. If you are saved, focus on him hiding in thee, towards the end of this wonderful psalm, God calling us as his people, be still and know that I am God. A call again to the quiet time, a time when I pull in, read the Bible, pray, feed on him. Every day, read your Bible and say your prayers. So Christian, if, if that's you, do not be dismayed. God is in full control. There are mysteries of providence. See, the Bible says much. I started to talk about this. I got sidetracked. I forgot this bit. But here's God's revealed will. And so we're to know it well. 
read it and, and, and know it. It's only one book. Quite a few of you here are students, aren't you? You're doing subjects, and the library for your subjects are vast. This is my library, and your library is a Christian. And God's revealed will is here, but some things he doesn't tell us. Lord, what's happening in Ukraine? Well, it's not in Hezekiah chapter 46 and verse 7. It doesn't, doesn't say. But the principles are there. God in full control. Therefore, Christian, we will not fear. Whatever the circumstances, my place, be still and know that he is God. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. May God help us to understand these things and to shine for him in these difficult days. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this brief time in your word as we think on tremendous things that are happening at the moment. We pray, Lord, that we as your people would seize every opportunity to shine for the Lord Jesus Christ and for those who are not yet saved. That, Father, they might come to trust in the only hope for lost mankind, the wonderful Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. And to him be all glory and honour and praise. Amen. Well, let's conclude our worship service with another hymn on uh, providence. God moves in a mysterious way. His wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps on the sea and rides upon the storm. Blind unbelief is sure to err and scan his work in vain. God is his own interpreter and he will make it plain.
And now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God our Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all now and forever. Amen.